Hi, all my beautiful souls. I am Lady Stars and Fire, and I'm here with Hill Hippie tonight. Say hi, Hill Hippie. Oh, it's Halloween! <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> I never know what's going to come out of his mouth, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> anyway, this is Otherland Dreams, and thank you for tuning in with us this evening. We're going to be going over the whole month. I decided, I was like, I want to do a whole month of fun. I want to go over Halloween for the whole month, so I'm spreading it out. So we're going to be going over a little bit of, like, legends and myths, some monsters, and all that good stuff. You do that really well. Surprisingly, that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be going over all of that this, this evening. But um, before we do, I wanted to uh, share with everybody. <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to sound conceited. But for those of you who have been following me for a while, you might this might make sense to you. Because I've been on my path uh, uh, boldly, out publicly, for about six years. And I've, you know, I, I'm very blunt about who I am. I come right out and I say it. And I, like I said, I'm public about it. <laughs> Excuse me. As well as I'm doing my own growth and my own maturity within, you know, critiquing my own skills as I grow. So I'm saying that because today I'm getting ready to go out of town and we're going to be going, me and my girlfriend or a couple girlfriends are going to Salem for uh, Halloween. For the week before Halloween, it's my girlfriend's birthday and we're going to be spending Halloween there. So before we go, I decided, you know, we're driving. I needed to get the car right and make sure that it's all going good before we drive. So I went to go get an oil change today. To make sure everything's working well. And I've been going to this mechanic for, like, ever since I was, like, knee-high to a grasshopper. And See, madman, it is a fucking phrase people use. <laughs> and, and anyway, so, you know, I've known this man forever. And the family that runs the uh, business, that are the, the mechanics and so forth, they've known me forever. So I go in today, and I'm getting the oil changed. And when it's all done, he's like, something is wrong with your witchy stuff. And I was like, well. What? What, what? what are you talking about? Because like I said, they've known me forever. And he's like, I only sent you like a friend request on Facebook, you know, like a freaking month ago and you haven't responded. And I'm like, uh, okay, first off, this is why I'm telling you guys this. I've known this man ever as long as I can remember and I didn't respond to him. People, I love you and I thank you all for following me, who, who do follow me and anybody who I have been able to help along the way. I mean to give you respect and I love you and I only wish the best for you. However, you can only have so many friends on Facebook before Facebook starts blocking everything, for one. And I even had to show him today. I was like, dude, it's nothing against you. I was like, look, I have like 800 friend requests. I was like, I just quit answering them. At some point. And the reason I'm getting to that point is because I get people all the time who try to send me messages on Facebook. I've had my identity stolen and it was stolen off of Facebook. Point blank. So I don't really like to answer the messages that are on Facebook. If you really have a message for me, please send it to ladystarsandfire.com. There is a contact form there. I would rather talk to you there unless it's somebody who I know and I trust. I'm not trying to have to go through identity theft again. With that being said, I wanted to make sure to throw that out there because I was being told there was something wrong with my witchiness. I was like, what? What's it? What's it? How can you question my witchiness over Facebook? How dare you not answer every <laughs> single person the second they want you to be there for them? Exactly. I was like, dude, I swear to God, look, I'm not lying to you. I'm not just an ass. <laughs> I promise I'm not being an ass. I was like, there's really a reason for it all. Well, you can be an ass, but just not this time. Oh, I didn't deny that I can be an ass. I full-on can be an asshole. I'm aware of that. Even though I'm a chick, but I can be an asshole. <laughs> Gender is not required for <laughs> assholishness. <laughs> nope, nope, it's not. 
Okay, but before I get into everything about the show also, because this is all on your stuff, Mr. Hill Hippie, did you notice there's a geomagnetic, geomagnetic storm? I have not been on Solarham recently, no, so no. So, people, it's not just that Venus is going retrograde, because Venus goes retrograde on the 5th, and the energies are definitely lifting, and Venus and her sensitivities have been in a really high-pitched shadow energy. So, the communication and your sensitivities are kind of coming from a darker side. However, that extra sensitivity that people are picking up, that irritability, that's not just Venus. And I'm telling you this before I get into the show, because I was noticing it over the last two days, but I was really kind of too lazy to look it up myself. And then somebody pointed it out to me that we are going through a geomagnetic storm. I'm going to learn to talk one day, I swear. No, you're not. No, I know. <laughs> From October 1st through the 4th. So you might actually be feeling the energy of your super sensitive, like myself. You might be feeling it right up till the 5th and 6th as it starts to mellow back out. Some of those um, energies that people notice or common symptoms are pressure headaches, aches and pains, feeling flushed, feeling dizzy, spaced out, nauseousness, difficulty focusing, confusion, um, you're forgetful, intense hunger, thirst, cravings, extreme fatigue, exhaustion, insomnia, um, realistic dreams where you might be getting communication actually from spirit on that level. Vivid nightmares, panic, anxiety, nervousness, heightened awareness, intuition, uh, flu-like symptoms, sore throat, ears, eyes may be hurting e even, um, high sensitivity to negativity, intolerant to drama, uh, Wanting to spend more time alone. Synchronicity may be also starting to show itself in the number patterns, and you may be noticing one, 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 two, 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 two. Anything else you want to throw in there? Yeah. <clears throat> According to Solarham, as of 2325 UTC time, uh, they say that a small corona hole number 32 is now facing Earth with an elevated solar windstorm flowing from this hole could disturb our geomagnetic geomagnetic field by the weekend larger and more impressive coronal hole number 34 <laughs> big holes man could lead to <laughs> geomagnetic storming next week something for aurora <laughs> sky watchers to keep an eye on more updates will come uh, whenever necessary and for those of you who do like to look for uh, auroras down here at where we're at we're going to need a kp index of above seven in order to see any type of auroras we're typically the KP index stays between uh, two and three. It hit four earlier. Still not enough for us down here in Virginia in these latitudes to see anything. But if you keep an eye on Solar Ham and keep an eye on those KP indexes, you just might see one if this magnetic storm gets strong enough. Well, I started to say sweet, but thank you. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not sweet. That's what I was like. Oh, it, it was. Just my mouth and me would not get in along, man. <laughs> anyway, um, again, before I get into everything else tonight, I'm being told by spirit also, if you're uh, feeling any of these energies, you may be feeling you're, you're, you're being told to ground yourself as well as ground the energies of what you may be thinking and doing in the physical world. And this is going to be dealing with those irritations and those frustrations within re relationships as well as judgments. I am being told you might be feeling it anything from the uh, ears to the uh, ears to your arms to your legs, your knees, your feet. You might be feeling that energy as it's coming in. Head, fingers, knees, and toes. Mm -hmm. Knees and toes. Knees and toes. Okay. <laughs> so you might be feeling that, and remember, it has to do with a soulful, spiritual reawakening that's going on. So. Ground yourself, but be aware that soulfully it's it's a change that's going on in your body is what I'm being told by spirit um, as you move through all these energies. Anyway, on to the month of Halloween. All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, Sowen, and All Saints' Day, Day of the Dead. Basically, all of these represent the same thing which here we call anymore Halloween. But... The ancient known name, most of all, is Samhain. And 
I think that's the funniest thing. And I only think it's funny because, you know, I'm dyslexic. So when I read the word, it does not say Sawin. When I look at it, it just, because it doesn't look like it would spell that in any way, shape, or form. And to me, I find that amusing because of my dyslexia. Anyway, off to that, off of that subject and back on to what it's really about. Um, the actual idea and the festival that was given with Samhain was all about Celtic and Druid t- traditions. Like I said, one day I'm going to learn to talk. Through, uh, it, it was thought to be the day where it was the most blurred. It was the day between the living and the dead. It would be what we consider now where the veil is thinning. But it also has to do with purgatory being open basically and it marks the last of it, it, it marks um the beginning of the darkness the beginning of the winter the end of summer basically it is the festival end of the harvest season what the hard work has been done it's time to bear down and pass through the winter and pray 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 for the return of the sun god <laughs> the bringing the light back because you're about to go through some darkness Yep. Point blank. And cold. Yes, this coldness is going to go with it. Um, also, in ancient times, and this would be why witches still call Halloween or Samhain New Year's Day. It's the witches' New Year's. Um, but it's not just because of that. But it, it does come from, in that time frame, November 1st was considered New Year's Day. And that would also bring you into All Saints' Day. Okay, the festival was, um, they would have, today we would look at it as bonfires, but you're missing the point. It's not just a bonfire. It's not just a place to go hang out and have some beers and chill with your with your friends and your family outside at Halloween time. Damn, f- I've been doing it wrong for so many yeah, years. I've been doing it so freaking wrong. <laughs> the festival, like I said, was about the marking of the end of summer and the beginning of the dark- darkness. And the end of the harvest itself, it was not bonfires, it was considered sacred fires. And those sacred fires were for burning crops and for sacrificing animals and for asking of protection from the deities. Okay, never mind, I'm out. (laughs) Um, With that, though, that's when people would also dress up. They would wear masks. They would wear costumes. They would also wear the heads and the skins of the animals themselves to hide them from those spirits that are coming out of purgatory in the veil, and the veil would stay thin all winter. I'm sorry, I was expecting you to speak. So the veil would stay thin all winter. So it was the marking of the veil opening. It wasn't a one-day thing. It wasn't just for Halloween. It was for the whole winter. And those sacred fires were important, not just for, you know, bringing protection from the deities, you know, as the Celtics or the Druids would see it. Not Celtics, I'm sorry. The Celtics. <laughs> um, Is it the basketball team? What? I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> I realized what I was saying. I don't think Boston existed yet. Yeah, well. You know, you could, you could, you could, maybe they were dreaming about it. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, it wasn't, the fires weren't made just for that night. And it wasn't just about spirits being released for that night. It was the opening of the door through the darkness, through the cold of the season of where they needed protection from those darker energies that basically have been released temporarily. And they would intentionally on Samhain, the day before Samhain, put their fires of their hearths out in their homes because they would take the sacred fires and they would bring back their own little bonfire sticks back to their houses. They would walk around, you know, their their farms, their towns with, with those fires, and they would use those fires to help bring that healing energy and protective energy to their actual town, their homes, and then take those fires and relight the new fire for the hearths of their home to keep it safe for the whole winter. So it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't just some bonfire. It was an actual sacred fire that meant something, that meant protection for them, as well as to keep them safe from all of the darker, evil so-called spirits that came through purgatory being open and the veil itself being open. And it wasn't a one-day thing. Is there anything you want to say there? Nope, I think you covered it well. 
sweet. Anyway, um, and, and during the festival, it was also known that it was mainly more known, I guess, that druids, but, uh, I guess it would be over time, anybody, uh, would be more like fortune tellers and would start telling the future during that time. It was said that while the veil was open or while it was open and at its thinnest is when they could get more knowledge than they normally could any other time. And so that was the best time to go to them for their information of telling the future or getting fortunes, so to speak. Divination is easier with a thinner veil. Yeah, but the veil's pretty damn thin now, and it doesn't seem to get thicker at all. <laughs> Fair enough. But now, why is it they believe that the veil was thinner? Or the, I'm sorry, that the divination divination became easier with the thinner veil. Is that because of the easier time that, was, that they had to communicate with the spirits? Because, they okay, that's the thing. With the veil being thinner, it wasn't just about... It wasn't just about spirits getting out of purgatory. It wasn't just about protecting them from the evil spirits, but it was all spirits. Mm -hmm. So even good spirits would be easier to communicate with you. However, that also takes that takes about that takes on a whole new idea when you start to realize, well, just who the hell are you talking to? What spirits are you getting it from? Because divination can be divination technically, even if it's not from a divine being. Right. But that doesn't mean that the fortune telling was fortune telling that would be good. Does it mean I I I heard this once before and and I love this saying and all right spirit because I know you're always around me and don't take this wrong. But just because you're dead doesn't mean that you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> some some are definitely you know guiding spirits that are help, gonna help you and there are those out there that would be considered middle world that. You know, or more like tricksters. Mm -hmm. Like when we get into the uh, monsters and stuff. So not everything actually that you may receive from spirit necessarily is a positive thing. And you have to know the difference of what it is you're getting that divine energy from. And again, like I said, that's why people would originally wear masks and costumes, the animal heads and skins, because they were trying to blend in with spirit. Mm-hmm. So that if they were evil spirits or malicious or mischievous spirits, they would be safe from them, basically. And that's how the whole tradition really got started. Now, as we start to get into common myths that are associated with the holiday, I'm going to start off with, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been a witch for a long ass time and I have never tried to steal your child and eat it. Plain and simple. Dude, it's a small room. Don't, stop yelling at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because uh, witches have gotten a bad rep. And maybe in some form that, that might be needed. I mean, not all witches are positive. Not all witches do the right thing. And there are a lot of people out there who call themselves witches who are not witches. And like I said, you can also be a perfect example. And I am going to throw you under the bus for just a second. You like to say that Hell Hippie likes to say he doesn't really get into the witchcrafty side of things. All right. But yet, what was you ha having in your diffuser, your oil diffuser? We were talking about it just the other day. What you had mixed up. I made a, basically a Shinrin Yoku concoction. Yeah, but that's still witchcraft. Okay. That's what I'm saying is, is some people have it in them and they're going to, like, you're taking it from the Shimonyoko. Did I say it right? Not even close. <laughs> Sorry to butcher that. I mean, you take it from that or the shamanism from within you and what you've learned as well as what, uh, you know, just coming to know what properties are of what and blah, 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 as you come into your soulfulness. And that that's a glorious, wonderful thing. Some people pick it up so much easier other people don't but you still are doing what would be considered witchcraft even though you're shamaning it out you do it without knowing i gotta completely disagree okay go ahead it was science yeah but this science still is coming from you having understanding of what those oils and energies are going to do mm -hmm. and that came from somewhere because originally we weren't smart that way. Right. 
point blank. So it still resonated from somewhere in the past, which most people will view as witchcraft. But my point isn't even that. My point is, is... So you're saying science is witchcraft? Technically, when you really get into spiritual spirituality and all of it, it's the whole idea of the divine and soulfulness and spiritualness has a lot to do with the science that we don't understand because we're not intelligent enough to understand it, really. Well, well, of course, science and magic are one and the same, but in order to call what we already know to be... Because I consider uh, witchcraft not so much as doing something that I already know what it is it's going to do. And it's not because, you know, eye of newt or toe of dumb fuck, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what properties are in these things that's going to make it work, but apparently it does. I know exactly what I was putting into that diffuser because of the studies of, and I can't think of the the doctor's name who did this study on Shinran Yoku. But, you know, because I knew that his, based on his scientific research that certain smells have certain effects on the human brain. That's what I was doing. The only aspect that could be considered, in my opinion, witchcraft is when I threw in the, uh, the frankincense. I, I, like I said, you're taking it way back to the scientific side of things. That's my job. No, and that, that's exactly right. I mean, but at the same time... I don't know how to put it. So, I mean, my uh, for me personally, when I do stuff, I just put my hands out and I wait for spirit to tell me what I'm doing. End of discussion. I don't even know what I'm mixing see, with. My that, I, that I consider witchcraft. But see, that's the divine talking through me mm-hmm. versus what I've learned because they've showed me it. Oh, I mix this and this and this. And now I know what this will do because I've done it several times through them. But when you know what the energies are, aren't you doing the same thing? It's just now you were taught. You weren't taught it from spirit. You were taught it by science. Mm-hmm. Same shit. But you don't particularly know the why. Let's say, take go back to the example of how you stick your hand over it, and you'll be told, okay, this one, put it in, this one, and put it in. And you go back and you reproduced that concoction, that solution, multiple times. So you know it's going to work on this one thing. But you don't know the why of its, how it's going to work. Where I knew with this particular one, the why. So therefore, I think that takes it out of witchcraft, out of the realm of witchcraft, and into the realm of science. Yeah, but you only know why because you were told why by somebody else. Yeah. If you were, if you uh, were told the why of it, uh, why that particular solution works, it would be a different ball game. But my point is, the spirits telling me the why. You just got science telling you the why. No, it's still somebody telling you why. Spirits telling you the what, not the why. It's not telling you why that particular combination works. Okay, I get it now. I get it. Well, see, see, we have to have these conversations. <laughs> I, am I in the wrong spot? I thought that's exactly what we were doing. <laughs> no, no. But that's what I'm saying. That, that's how that's how we learn to figure each other out. Anyway, so for me, I mean, <laughs> go back to where we started. Not all witches are bad. There are some out there that are bad and, and whatnot, but mostly witches are after the ancient ways of trying to bring health and healing to you. So... Well, you may see a million witch stories during this Halloween season. That don't 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 go getting that shit wrong. We're not trying to kill you. We don't necessarily want to eat your baby. Don't get don't get that crap wrong. Anyway. Despite what movies will try to tell you. Yes. But I will admit, just like any other human just like the whole race, there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. Because I tell you what, there's some shit I've seen from movies that have stuck in my brain, even though now I know it's not real. It's still stuck in my brain. (laughs) Like the movie The Warlock with Julian Sands. Love that movie. I saw it so long ago, though, I barely remember it. Well, there's one scene where he apparently has taken a child. Mm -hmm. And the the witch hunter, I guess, would be the proper term for this cat, uh, finds out that this boy was missing. And been killed what they thought was by a coyote or a pack of coyotes because the skin had been taken off the boy. And he immediately knew (coughs) that the warlock was going to travel faster because he got the fat off of an unbaptized uh, male child. You know, that's not something witches actually do. No. But that's always stuck in my head. I was like... Okay. (laughs) Baptize your uh, your male kids, otherwise uh, there's going to be some flying witches around and they ain't going to need brooms for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Yeah. I get my well, see. Yeah. Movies can really fuck with your head. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Don't listen to the movies. Mm-hmm. Most witches are genuinely nice people. Most of us want what's best. It just doesn't mean that we've become enlightened enough to know how to go about doing it yet. Yeah. But that's just like anybody else in the world. Now, with that being said, as we get into some more of these myths of the Halloween, basically, um, I'm going to ask you if you know the story. Of? Um, the Jack-O-Lantern, or Stinky Jack. No, I never heard the story of Stinky Jack. When you were sending out the uh, thing about what... We have our own like little page where we talk to each other, people who are on the show. I mean, on the different radio shows. And you were staying on that page. You, you brought up turnips. What was you bringing up turnips about? I thought it was going to be about the Stinky Jack, so that's why I'm asking. Well, originally, the jack-o'-lanterns were not made from pumpkins. They were made from turnips and gourds. Right, and I, that's why I was asking you where you were going with it, because the jack-o'-lantern actually comes from the story of Stinky Jack. And then it turns into the jack-o'-lantern over time, and the jack-o'-lantern is said to ward off evil spirits. This is why we create them and why we put them on our doorsteps, our windows, and so forth. And why that it stuck around for so long, but it all had to do with uh, warding off evil spirits. How, however, the original idea came from a story called Stinky Jack. That's why I was asking you. Stinky Jack was... Basically, a man who was, I don't don't remember the whole story, and I've seen it in several different things, so it's kind of like a little bit of a rundown of different theories put together. So I'm just giving you it from my own point of view. Stinky Jack was a little bit of a trickster, and he uh, would try to get away with whatever he could, basically, to do whatever he wanted, and he was trying to... Basically, long story short, he ended up coming across the devil, and he decided to make a deal with the devil. And the devil and him made a deal about something to do with money. But anyway, the situation was he tricked the devil into not being able to supposedly come down from the tree by putting crosses around the tree. And with that being said, the devil and him made a deal. He'd give him a certain amount of money so that he could get all of his drinks for free and blah, 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 blah. Long story short is, by the time he died, the deal also had turned into the fact that he could not be taken to hell by the devil. So when he died, he went to go to the Golden Gates and go into heaven, and and heaven told him that he was too sneaky and too wrong, and they wouldn't let him in. So then he went to the devil, and the devil's like, no, I made a deal with you. I can't let you in. So he got stuck wandering earth forever, and... In the darkness of the purgatory of wandering earth forever, the devil threw him a uh, little ember. And the ember he put in the turnip to light his way. And that is actually where your jack-o'-lanterns come from. I found that to be interesting. But I can't go any better on the story because every time I read it, it's slightly different. See, that's a different origin of the jack-o'-lantern mythology than I'd ever heard. The one that I had heard. <clears throat> I'd never heard it before, period, until I looked it up. Go ahead. And mind you, I can't remember what it was because I read this in a, one of the Neo-Druidism books back when I was 20 or maybe even 19. But uh, <coughs> supposedly it was the jack-o'-lantern was supposed to represent the removed head of a Druid priest who was very good at getting rid of malevolent or evil spirits. And one of the evil spirits finally was able to cut his head off and end his ability to get rid of said spirits. So the population during uh, the harvest or Samhain started carving out of turnips a representation of his face and lighting it up to keep away the evil spirits. That's interesting. It's interesting, and and I'm sure there's actually probably way more stories that are out there that we could find or that we will never hear of anyway. Right. And there's no way we can actually truly 100% know because no one's actually going to have written down the origin of carving pumpkins. And it'd be 100% (laughs) right because nobody was alive back then. And back then, everyone, it was just word of mouth. 
Yeah, but as you were saying it, and, and I'm trying to take you seriously because I was I'm being respectful, and I'm trying to take you seriously to to what you had heard, and there's nothing wrong with that. But all that was going through my head was Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's my favorite one. And again, I put <laughs> like I said, I've read it in a book on neo druidism back in like I said, I was 19 years old, something <laughs> like that. So we're talking about 20 years. <clears throat> How accurate that story is, right? Who knows? But that's the one I remember reading. <laughs> no, and like I said, I mean, they're all very mysterious and interesting, and and I like that. But then, as you were talking about his head being chopped off, I was just like Sleepy Hollow. I love that story mm. <laughs> <laughs> in general. Okay, so next on our myths is trick or treating and the act that actually. Trick-or-treating actually came from the original act of souling. Souling? Souling from All Souls Day. It was considered that during All Souls Day, actually November 2nd, the upper-class citizens, if they would agree to give to the needy said soul cakes, that those who would receive those soul cakes would pray for their their families who have already passed. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is basically where the trick-or-treating came from because they would originally go around and ask for, you know, food and water, basically, in soulings. And then they would receive soul cakes. And people do still make soul cakes today. Um, And would pass them out to the people who would come, the needy people. However, over time... I'm turning through my pages on my phone. Over time, eventually, this turned into trick-or-treating. It says, the Americans in 1840 took the Irish and the English traditions, mixed them up, and added the costumes, and that's how you get trick-or-treating. All right. So I was like, well, that's interesting. I knew about the soul cakes, but I didn't realize the soul cakes had anything to do with the trick-or-treating in general. I'd never heard of soul cakes, period. There are... uh. I'll have to look it up because there are people will make, I will still see recipes for soul cakes in general um, that will go with it all. And I, anyway, I thought that was interesting of how it has changed over the years and it's completely was forgotten because the soul cakes was actually, they would change it to the name of souling instead of trick or treating because we hadn't made it that far yet. So that, like I said, you could, the, the needy would be able to receive from the wealthier or the upper class people some food and some money and whatnot. However, it was created originally or dispersed out that way because they were trying to get rid of the Celt- of, of the Celtic and the uh, Druid traditions that originally the tradition was that you would take, and see, I still do this, that you would take a plate and you would put it outside. And you would put it outside, though, because you're asking the spirits. You're giving them respect, basically. You're giving them respect to, you know, not harm you. So let me mm-hmm. give you food for the night. This is my way of showing thanks. And please, you know, just go right on by me and don't mm-hmm. cause me any problems. And they would make a plate, like a dinner plate, and they would sit it outside. However, as the mm. uh, Catholic Church started to take over it, they turned it into souling. And much less messy than lamb's blood painted doors. <laughs> yes. A lot less messy than some some really. There are some really bad traditions out there. <laughs> there really are some bad old nasty traditions out there. Yeah, um, but the the Catholic Church would do that because they were trying to do away with the tradition of putting the plate out. Mm-hmm. So they put it just towards helping the needy, which eventually turned into trick or treating. And I found that all to be quite interesting as I started looking into it. Next, <laughs> next on this little list here, I'm sorry, this has to come from the words of one of my ex-boyfriends and his buddy used to always say this, woman, I have to uphold a responsibility to my penis. What? <laughs> I would hear it all the time, woman, I have, an up- I have to uphold a responsibility that I have. To my penis. Now, hold on. The reason I said that is because the next tradition is finding a spouse. 
Okay. <laughs> I just thought it went with it, and I had never had a reason to say that because I'm a chick. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Anyway, the next tradition was it would be along the lines of the witchcraft or the div divination. Um, according to where I found it, and it goes back to the 19th century, the women in America had started using Halloween as a way to find them a spouse. They would divine the name or the appearance of their soon-to-be-found husband by doing spells, tricks, spells and tricks through yarn, through apple pairings, and through mirrors in general. So... Hmm. I was I thought that was funny. I was like, really? They used Halloween to find I guess it would go all the way back to the divination and the fortune telling. That actually goes on today. Yeah, but I just never I, I I'm sorry, okay, look, I don't in a slightly different way. It's called slutty costumes. Well yeah. <laughs> they may not be looking for spouses, but I do partner up for the night. <laughs> They're whoring it out. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. I'm a chick. I'm allowed to say that. Fair enough. <laughs> I used to work at a porn star many, 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 many years ago. And uh oh, I used here to, we go. No, well, I used to always say as, as a joke when women would come in looking for outfits and stuff, and I'd be like, hey, if you hoe out, we help you out. <laughs> anyway, uh, so like I said, I guess the original idea of finding a husband comes all the way back from when the Druids would tell their fortune telling, but they turned it into, you know, spell related for love spells and finding their husband and, and moving forward in such a direction. Now, personally, that's not an area that I would go in. I don't use my magic in that kind of sense, but to each their own. Right. Okay. And next would be the idea of bobbing for apples. The goddesses, uh, sorry, it was thought in Roman times that the goddess of fruit and trees were honored in October. And one of the symbols representing the goddess was the apples. So combined with the Celtic traditions and the Roman traditions in general, they think that the tradition of bobbing for apples came from that very idea. Another one. This isn't actually a tradition or a myth. I just came across this. Did you know that Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on celebrating Halloween? Sounds like an accurate number. I'm like, that's a freaking lot. It's America. We spend a lot of money on stupid shit. Like, yeah. I mean... In my mind, I guess because you 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 have your parties, you have your costumes, uh, and the everything. candy. Yeah, the candy. Because when you think of it, first off, you'd think of the candy, and then maybe the costumes. But I mean, people do decorate their house and everything else, and mm -hmm. go all out. I mean, I, mean, I love Halloween. Take a look at you know those big inflatable things that are all the rage all around, <clears throat> which started with Christmas, but now there's they're everywhere in Easter, fucking Halloween. Shit, just one of those blow-up things that I saw at Walmart the other day was like $80. And wow. that was for one of the smaller size ones. Now, you're talking about the, some of the ones that are pretty big for like the big, tall, lumen monsters. You're getting into the $100 range. It's yeah. Like, yeah, and I that's, can see that and that's one. And if you put two or three out in your yard. Right, And yeah. let's face it, those things are not built for longevity. Right. Okay, because we're, we're getting behind on our time anyway um the next one isn't I, I i don't even know of it being a myth as much as just a reminder it has always been said to make sure you check your halloween candy and that all the wraps your wrappers are actually closed and make sure that you are getting safe stuff and let us so, unless it is someone that you know personally don't take actually like baked cookies and stuff because you Homemade don't know. goods. Yeah. Don't take that stuff because you don't necessarily know that it is any good. Because there are sick motherfuckers out there who like to do twisted shit to people. Right. Don't let your kids be some of their victims. Okay. Now, do you want... Okay. I'm going to go over what the 10 scariest known creatures from live science are for Halloween. And then I got to jump into the astrology. But... 
Hill Happy wanted, what did you want to do with, with people giving you voting for the number one? Yeah, what is everyone's favorite monster? It does not necessarily have to be one that is living or real. It could be from movies, it could be from uh, mythology, it could be, it can't be something from your own imagination because how are we going to, has anybody going to know about it besides you? But send me your votes for the scariest monster. And we will disclose the listener who, uh, well, not the listener, I'm sorry. We will disclose who the winner is, what was the top-rated monster next week. Sweet. So uh, it's up to you guys. Let us know. But you better tell them again how to send it to you. I'm going to. Okay, I'll shut right up. And you segued into that perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> you are going to send that to your votes to hillhippie at fxbgpr.com. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I can't wait to see what you all Send him. Okay, let me hit these real fast. Again, this is from Live. (laughs) This is from Live Science, and some of these we have gone over. I'm just giving you the information that's on this page of the website I was looking up, and I got to jump into the astrology. One, one is the jack o' lantern. Then it was bats. Then because bats were said to go with vampires. Wait, this is a list of the scariest creatures? creatures. How the fuck does jack-o'-lantern fall into the category of a creature? That was because of the uh, story of Stinky Jack. Don't ask me why. I'm just taking what I got. That's a stupid entry. Yeah, I was was like, okay. But then the next one would be bats. And the bats are said because they were also known to attack humans from time to time. And because they had to deal with... um, Dracula in general, so bats became a scary creature. And, Gargoyles. And gar- and uh, guano makes you crazy. <laughs> That's the term, batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. I have a shirt I'm getting made. Is, is, is this shot on you, batshit crazy diamond? I love it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> next one is gargoyles. And because, for one, they were there to protect the cathedrals. They were there to protect the cathedrals. I'm going to learn to talk. No, so that not. I know. I'm just going to keep saying it. One day, maybe it'll work. But anyway, so like when it would rain and whatnot, their mouth would become a spout. Mm-hmm. As well as to protect from evil spirits. So it was knocking two birds out with one stone. Then there is goblins. Now, I'm going to tell you, there are some goblins that are real. I don't care what none of y'all think. I had one that lived in the house with me. There are like many different ideas of goblins, and yes, some of them are definitely just created with out of the idea. But there are some goblins that are more like gnomes, and they are real because the little dude he was cool. I don't give a fuck what none of you say. So he wasn't he wasn't scary. But some, so was he corporeal? He looked like him. No, was he corporeal? What do you mean by corporeal? Did he have a physical form? Yeah. You could have picked him up and tickled his belly. No, I mean, physical as far as I could see him, but I couldn't physically touch him. I, I could see through him like a ghost. No, okay, so that's not a corporeal form. Okay. Well, you know, that's why you use the big words. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't use the big words. I was like, what's that mean? Don't look at me stupid. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so goblins is on the list, and according to that, they're supposed to be like... If you really got technical and started looking into it, goblins, there are like seven different kinds of goblins, and people will talk about the knockers, and yes, the knockers are considered goblins. Titties or goblins? No, not that kind of knockers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to be scared. And so let down. <laughs> yeah, that would really actually be really freaky. <laughs> anyway, the next one is witches was on the list. Zombies is on the list. Ghosts are on the list. Werewolves. Love me some werewolves. Vampires. Fuck your sparkly vampires, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> and demons. And that would be the list of what they have. But like, like he said, he wants to know what you all think is the scariest ones. So please send them in to Hill Hippie so you can find out next week. Again, hillhippie at fxbgpr.com, and we will let you guys know what is the most commonly voted for and scariest monster. Sweet. I can't wait to see what everybody says. And I'll, I'll do my best to try to get it on the show for an interview, but no promises. <laughs> right on. Now, before I get into the astrology itself, 
I will remind everybody I was given by Spirit this week um, to go with the astrology. I was given by uh, the Egyptian gods. Basically, what they're handing to me is the understanding of the golden scales of truth with the idea of having your heart weighed against the white feather in the hall of truth and would you be able to move on to paradise and the field of reeds. Now, this is how they give it to me. That was Aro, right? Huh? Aro? Aro. Yeah, isn't that the name of the Egyptian god who uh, weighed the soul, uh, the weight of your soul against that of a feather? No, that's actually, Anubis would take you to where you would have it done, but Anubis, not Anubis, um, ah, crap. Now that you say it, I can't remember. Um, that's with a no. Osiris. Yeah, Osiris was the one who would do it, but they would actually have, I can't remember how many, it was supposed to be a, a group of judgment that would make the decision. However, Osiris was the one who would actually take the heart and put it on the scale, according to the mythology. Now, I give you that because this is how spirit speaks to me. Spirit is telling me, so is your heart as light as a feather? Because if it's not... How do you expect to find paradise? How do you expect to find paradise in your life? How do you expect to find fulfillment and happiness in your life? If you are allowing everything in your life to weigh you down, you are doing it wrong. Your heart has to be light as a feather. You have to be able to let go. You have to ditch the fear and ditch the doubt and ditch the worry and ditch all of those negativities that are keeping you from being able to get to the paradise that you desire. When you let those negativities hit you, you are never going to weigh against that feather. You will always be found wanted. And you will never be able to get through. So it is a lesson in letting go and and stop letting fear keep you in a negative form from being able to move forward and actually create the life that you want. Is what... Like I said, I, it's just the way they communicate with me. With that being said, it makes sense that this would be what was given to us. Because we have Venus is going retrograde in Scorpio on the 5th. And until the 5th, it is still in shadow. And it is kind of cutting and hitting below the belt. Scorpio speaks to us of life, death, rebirthing. It speaks to us of fertility. It speaks to us of our financial situations it speaks to us of how we communicate um because with venus being there it speaks to us about our sensitivities to anything and everything in life what are you sensitive about what do you care about that's how, personal yeah exactly what do you communicate about what are you holding on to what do you fear sensitivities in every area venus has been speaking to you in shadow and she's going to continue to do so until the fifth when she actually goes retrograde and she's going to lighten up in a different way she's still going to be just as powerful but this the the dark energies that are coming from her are directly across from chiron the wounded healer in uh wounded healer which is also in retrograde who has jumped now back into pisces in the universal 12th house is specifically speaking to you about what you're in denial about what is it that you're fearful about changing of yourself to find you can create the paradise you want what are you screwing yourself over in by not changing. What are you stuck in your old ways about by not changing? Venus is about to really throw down in these areas over this next month. And it's going to be a positive thing. But if you stay in denial and you don't listen to her, it's going to work against you. Because like I said, she's she's wanting to help you find fulfillment. She's wanting to help you be able to learn how to create the paradise, create love, create love for yourself. What is love? How do you view that idea, that sensitivity that love is? But she's also going to be pointing out where you're still in shadow and won't let yourself get there because of things that you won't change that isn't working for you, but you're too stubborn to be able to see that you won't change it. What is love? Wow, what a powerful statement. If only we were showing... Uh, philosophy and spirituality. Oh, wait, we are. <laughs> Never mind. And she's going to be speaking to you about reevaluating beauty, reevaluating joy, reevaluating the value of everything that is important to you in your life, as well as your own self love. Because if you don't have any self love for yourself and you're still stuck in your own fearful actions, 
then you're never going to find that paradise and you go right back to weighing your heart against the scales of the feather and you're going to move nowhere. Now, we have a new moon coming up also in Libra. Hello. Remember, what's going on in Venus right now is also what rules Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, and that's your universal seventh house speaking to your very relationships. And you, anything you care about, you have a relationship with. From your friends, your lovers, your children, your working environment, you know, because you, ha you have relationships with those people. You have a relationship with your car. You have a relationship with your money. Anything you care about, you have a relationship with, including yourself and that relationship. So... This is going to be speaking directly to that energy of Venus, which is in retrograde or about to be in retrograde as the new moon starts. This is going to take some time that's going to, going to be working through the entire month, but it's really going to be projecting itself over the next couple years about what you learn right now or what you don't learn. So it has to do about, you know, learning past the things that, you, that they're keeping you from being able to manifest what you truly desire because you somehow don't think you deserve it. And you keep yourself in fear from it instead of you're making the you're making the feather heavy. I mean, you're making your heart he heavy because you won't move forward. Anyway, with that being said, you have uh, your challenges this week is still that stinky little T-square that's been going on with Uranus, the south node, the north, the south node, Lilith, Mars, and the North Node. The South Node is always the one that is fighting you. And it's sitting there with Lilith and it's sitting there with Mars in Aquarius right now. The South Node is saying, hey, you got really good at some of this shit that's not necessarily good for you. And it's speaking about being able to rise up above in your individuality with Mars, your, your, uh, passion, your action, your aggression, your fire, your sexual energies, and all of that fire energy speaking to the North Node about maybe where you're egotistical in that area, and it's not working for you, and you're not allowed to allow it to change, and Lilith is doing the same thing. Lilith is backing up that energy, so it can be a very powerful energy if you're taking it in a new changing form, but if you're acting the way you same have always been, it's going to go against you, and it's squaring Venus which has got so much energy coming out of it right now. Like I said, it's such a powerful energy. Uranus is speaking to you about your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom. And the North Node is trying to make you learn to see past areas of yourself that you are stuck in the old way of thinking this is how it's best for you, when it's not, basically. And it will help you. Come into where you have a lighter heart if you will start to listen. Now, you also have uh, Cirrus, the sun, and Mercury is squaring Pluto. So this is your sun. This is your illumination, your core energy. Speaking in Libra, within those relationships, Cirrus is your... Um, Sorry, I had a blind moment. <laughs> Cirrus is is your uh, 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 threefold theory. It is where you are nurtured or where you are lacking the proper nurturing. And then speaking with your communication. So your relationships, you are fighting to change those relationships that you are supposed to be trying to change. Because Pluto wants you to change. Pluto wants you to soulfully evolve and take those relationships into a higher evolution. But Cirrus, which is you're too close to home, it's, this is uncomfortable, it's a little too close to home. The illumination of seeing yourself truly for what it is, as well as letting others see you truly for what it is. Communication with that very change within those relationships. And how you allow the people outside to view you looking in. So this has to do with, you know, Stepping up to the soulful plate and stepping beyond the comfort zone, basically. Um, Saturn and Vista is squaring Chiron. Kind of the same story. It's talking about your rules, your walls, and boundaries from your soul fire. But where are they not... Where are they not serving you? Where is it the same old rules, walls, and boundaries because you're comfortable with it, but you're not actually making any changes soulfully that's going to work for you 
because it's speaking to Chiron, which is now back in Pisces. So it's speaking to those denial areas directly about where you've got to change this because it doesn't serve you, but you are too stubborn to want to see it. Then um, you have a double T square coming in where the energies are also going to be speaking with the moon and with Venus on top of that other T-square on the 4th. So you're going to be extra sensitive on this day. I'm warning you, you're going to be extra sensitive on the 4th. Then on the 7th, 8th, and 9th, you have another double T-square where Mercury, the North Node, and Uranus is also talking. So communication is going to be a little hard on these days to add in with that other energy. You might Either you may have trouble communicating how you feel because it's speaking with independence, individuality, and uniqueness, or you may want to make sure you're not turning the day into word vomit because Mercury might be over-communicating, basically, in a way that you might regret because it's a challenging subject. It's not going to be an easy subject, but whatever it is that needs to be said should be said. Just be responsible and learn how to be a good mature adult and say what you have to say. Again, that's going to be on the 6th, 7th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Now, you have a positive energy on the 2nd, which is a water trine, which is emotions. But it is Cancer, Moon, speaking with Neptune, and speaking with Venus. So your sensitivities, your Cancer, which is also speaking to the universal 4th house of your own karmic needs, as well as... Your home. The home also is you above anything else. And Neptune, about recreating that magic and moving it forward. You have a lot of um, sextiles going on that are working for you if you know how to work them. Because there's so much magic out there that can project you in the right way. End of discussion, no matter how you... I can I can tell you a million things about astrology. And I'm still going to go on until the time's over. But, but the whole thing's coming down to... Are you going to step out of your comfort zone? Because if you're not going to step out of your comfort zone, you're not actually evolving and you're not actually moving forward. You're standing in a stagnant position and you're not healing that heart, which will continue to be weighed by the feather and it will actually lose. And that's what it's going to come down to. It's, it's being able to soulfully have the guts to ditch the fear and start to move forward. Is what all of that is coming down to. But <laughs> Uranus is also trining Vista. This, I mean, Saturn and Vista. So your independence is feeling the opportunity to chance those new rules, walls, and boundaries. But listen to your soul. Listen to your soul in all of this and the intuition. But understand, this is where most people screw up when they try to listen to their soul. They start listening to the gut feeling and they misunderstand the gut feeling. They get that that funky feeling in the stomach and they think that that's fear sometimes it's not fear sometimes the fear is that you can move forward sometimes the fear is that you can you know make the next step and you can actually have the beautiful life you want but your ego is making you question it and therefore you don't move forward you need to learn to understand what that gut feeling is and when the intuition is coming so Really listen to Venus as she's talking to you this week with your sensitivities and and get to the root of it. What is the root? The root is what's important here. The root is going to be telling you if you're not changing because you're scared and you're fearful of what might happen if you do change. Because sometimes the only way is to move out of your comfort zone. Point blank. You also have pa uh, Pluto that is uh, trining palace. So this does mean there is strategic thinking that goes on with making it happen. So it's not just, let me just ballsy, balls to the wall, go for it, and bloom that in my heart Venus is going to just shower me with love. No, there is some strategic thinking that will need to take place in order to make things move forward. As you move forward, then I think you will feel better. But remember, Venus is in shadow until the 5th, and then she is in retrograde still all month. So the month gives you a little bit of learning, but don't dive in just yet. You want to start moving forward, but don't full wholeheartedly dive into the water. Just be walking around with your feet in the water, I would say, for over the next month. 
And I think we're at about out of time. So I want to tell you guys I love you. Safe journeys, everyone. Bye. Until next week. Sacred.